You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Now, I'll admit that I love hearing from Sexy Marriage Radio listeners. You and me both. And I love going through iTunes and looking at comments, just kind of keeping track of everything. You know, I've got that techno geek side to me. That or you're doing a vanity search to see what people are saying about you. I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> um, but I've, there are some really good things on iTunes. So if, if you are new to Sexy Marriage Radio, hey, welcome. Thanks for taking some time out of your week to listen to us. We are honored that people join us regularly and speak up. Send us emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Jump on iTunes, leave a comment, leave five-star reviews, because that helps just climb the charts in the sexuality category, which there's still a lot of filth in that area. Um, but there one is of the, indeed. One of the things that I just saw was that we've had this string of, I love this podcast and the fact that there's both a male and female perspective. Yay! And I, I think that's so huge because, I mean, where we speak to is married sex. So we're speaking to husband and wife. And while Shannon and I are married, we're not married to each other. And so the perspectives we can bring, we want to just make married sex the absolute best thing possible. I mean, my imagine the day where we could sit at, at home with our families and we're watching some primetime show that's just the number one rated show on TV. And Everybody all, loves Raymond of that day. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and, and they promote sex within marriage and that's it. I mean, what a concept where the wife is not frigid, where the man is not sitting in his recliner ticked off because he never gets any. Right. And, and where they don't just fall into bed with anybody they meet on the street and have sex, but it's truly this Mm -hmm. whole, no, 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 I'm going to, there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of meaning to married sex. And that, that's where we go with sexy marriage radio. Yeah. So like friends only with integrity. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, but I want to encourage our listeners because we've got a lot of them out there and thank you again, because the numbers are are climbing and that's such a, such an honor that to speak up, let us know. I mean, it's the middle of summer. And so I know lots of people can be traveling and lots of stuff gets in the way, but every Wednesday new shows from sexymarriageradio.com. They come out, they're automatic and I know people are listening, and I, I want to keep hearing those, hey, what do you guys think about this? Or what about this? Or, man, you guys are awesome. I mean, I love yeah. hearing that one, too. Yeah, I, and I love how our fodder email uh, file just keeps growing and growing. We have People keep saying, how can you keep coming up with ideas from right. more and more shows after like almost 150? It's like, if you only knew the kind of questions that people are still sending and the kind of comments right. that they're making, it's like, I think we could do this till the cows come home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we need to probably do some shows pretty soon that are just catching up on email. Right. Reader, yeah, reader responses, reader feedback. Sure. Sounds like a good one. Well, today I was hoping that we could go in uh, an unexpected direction. Um, hey, sometimes spontaneity is a good thing. Yeah. But I don't I think asked, you're talking about that completely either. So 
I asked my husband's permission if I could share something very personal, something very intimate from our own lives. And when I explained to him what it was, you know, first he had the deer in the headlights look, oh Lord, <laughs> what do you want to talk about now? You know, but when I explained it to him, he thought it was a really good idea. Corey, I just recently went away on a riding sabbatical, 10 days. I do that twice a year. Right. And usually when I come home from these riding sabbaticals, it's game on. You know, it's like, oh, I've missed you so much and we can't wait to have sex and all that jazz. Well, this time coming home was a little bit different because the day before I got on the return flight, Greg sent me a text message and uh, he said, I just talked to my dad and it's bad and I don't know if I can even verbalize the words. And I thought, wait a minute, you, you can't just leave me hanging right. with that. So I pick up the phone and I call him and he's, he, they found a three and a half inch tumor on his liver and at the time the doctor was saying he may only have three months to live. Right. And so I knew that coming home was not going to be the big, you know, sexual extravaganza. I mean, there's, you know, I was just in shock and Greg, you know, we were both in denial and just had so so much to talk about to get ready for this season that we were not expecting. Um, I, I guess every, we all have to expect it with aging parents, but we just didn't see it coming with this particular parent. He's right. very active, very healthy. And so the first night was spent just talking and crying and praying. And the second night I thought, you know what? I feel like Greg needs comfort and he doesn't know how to ask for it. And this is something that Greg, has, he's never experienced in his family. He's never lost anybody close to him. Not, you know, not a sibling, not a parent. I mean, you know, grandparents, you kind of expect that. Right. But, uh, you know, not a cousin, no one close to him. And I thought he is not going to know how to even verbalize or recognize what he needs himself. And so I rolled over to his side of the bed and I put my hand underneath his t-shirt and I just started rubbing his chest for no other reason, but just to rub his chest. But I also thought I'm going to keep going a little bit further South and a little bit further South until he tells me to stop. Right. And several minutes later, he said to me, I never in a million years thought that you could make me hard at a time like this, but you've, you've done it. Right. You're successful. And I said, Greg, you have to learn something about sex, that it's not just for when you're horny mm -hmm. or when you want to bond with your spouse. It's also when you're grieving. It's a great tool to use as comfort. And I haven't known how to sit you down and say, by the way, you need to let me have sex with you because I thought that that might sound a little callous. <laughs> but the reality is is this road that we're going to be walking over these next several months, you and I are both going to need that sexual outlet. We're going to need that distraction from all this pain and turmoil. And pleasure is one of the greatest distractors. Mm -hmm. And so he, he got on board. And actually, I would say that even though the past several weeks have been one of the scariest of our 25 years of marriage in dealing with his dad, it's bonded us together sexually in a way that nothing else ever has. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to encourage listeners today not to just look at sex as something that you do when you're horny, that if you're going through a painful season, and, and I can think of several of our friends through the years that have gone through painful seasons, and my recommendation was you guys need to be having sex often. And at first they were a little taken aback, but then they figured it out that, right. yeah, she's kind of right. Um, we have some friends who um, at 10 weeks old uh, or after 10 weeks of living, their baby boy uh, died of SIDS. And 
when he wanted to have sex with her, she was angry. She was so bewildered saying, how in the world could you expect sex at a time like this? But what he was really needing was comfort. And men associate sex with comfort. Duh. And so once she kind of understood that, it was like, oh, okay, well, this is my opportunity to comfort my husband because that's the baby's daddy and he needs comfort as much as I do. And so just understanding that the comfort was going to look different for each of them. Would you you say that women don't see sex as comfort as often? I think that once they experience it as comfort, they get it. But until you're thrust into a situation where you have to look at it as comfort because there's no way that you could be horny at a time like this. Right. Then I think that there's a much deeper, richer understanding of the gift that sexuality really, really is. Okay. Um, I remember some friends of ours went through a season of unemployment and it was a really scary financial time and you know, money and sex are the two things that break a couple up the fastest. And they thought, well, the money problems are so bad, but we're not about to let the sex problems become equally (laughs) as bad. So they turned up the heat. That was good. And then I also have another couple of friends that were missionaries in China and she went through surgery and was in the hospital for five days. And during that recovery time, her husband uh, would often put a do not disturb sign on the door that the nurses respected and would crawl into her hospital bed with her and they would just snuggle and have as much fun as they could. She couldn't do certain things, but that didn't keep mm-hmm. her hands from working or her mouth from working. And so they, they were you know, pretty honest that they were actually enjoying this five day sabbatical from their six children. Well, on the way home, she developed a blood clot and it went to her lung and she was killed instantly. Mm-hmm. And Kevin said, I have never been so grateful for a five day span of time as those five days that we fooled around in the hospital mm-hmm. after her surgery. And of course it had nothing to do with each other, but just the fact that he could draw comfort from that pre-death experience and it kept him warm at night for many, many months mm-hmm. as he was grieving the loss of his wife. So we just, you know, the memories that we make, the, the, the intimacy that we share, the physical skin to skin, we have to realize the impact that it has on our mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. Well, that, yeah, that's the importance of touch in general. Of, of, you know, you look at it as a newborn, touch is vital for survival. You know, they've done studies that right. show if a baby's not touched and handled, it will not survive. And it will not bond with human beings right. while it is surviving. Right. So mm-hmm. that why would that go away as we get older? I mean, you think of the importance of touch. You think of the importance of just reaching out and holding the hand of somebody you love mm-hmm. and somebody you care about, of, of sitting near somebody and, and kind of scooting a little closer so you can just feel their arm or their shoulder or, I mean... That's the, I mean, as, as I'm listening to you talk about just the path that you guys have been down recently, I mean, I, I just think of the multiple meaning sex has, you know, that it's, it's not just getting it off, you know, and, and right. having it's, a great wild swinging from the chandeliers. I mean, that's what people kind of long for and think they portray and that's what they think everybody else is doing except for them. So there's something wrong with them. And no, there, there's so much meaning that you mm-hmm. can make out of things. So it doesn't have to be this weird, wild bringing in all kinds of contraptions. It can just be this slow, comfortable connection, depth. I mean, because I'm going to be willing to bet, Shannon, just from 
the the path that we have gone down, you and I, with this show, and and just talking off the air, and having a chance to meet Greg and and know you guys a little bit more. There's a whole lot more connecting behind the eyeballs recently than anything else sexual. That it's just this. It's a it's a spirits bonding. Exactly. I was just about to say it's really a it's like a spiritual right. connection. And when there's such a deep spiritual connection between two people, sex is the logical next step. It's like as close as we, as our spirits mm-hmm. can get to each other. We're just like, we hit the wall when our skin comes up next to the other person's skin. But what you really want to do is kind of crawl inside that person mm-hmm. and, and hold them from the inside out, you know, mm-hmm. and just cradle them emotionally. And so I'm actually, you, know, you always have to look for a silver lining in dark clouds or else you would just get smothered by the dark clouds. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have to say that I'm very, very thankful for this richness and this depth that we have found along the way in this journey. And, and not only has it been in dealing with um, his dad's sudden illness, but also our first child, Aaron is leaving uh, for grad school at the end of this month. And so, you know, it's our first child leaving home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've been going through the empty, most women nest when they're about to have a baby. We've been going through the empty nesting season. We're rearranging furniture and we're hanging up pieces of art that she has painted and, you know, just trying to kind of leave her mark here on this house before she heads off and creating a space for her to come back home to, because her, her brother is taking over her garage apartment. Um, But just... I'm going through a mourning process. I'm yeah. going through a grieving process of, of, you know, she's, she's my yoga pal and she's my shopping buddy. And she's the one that when I can tell that dad would really just rather watch basketball than talk, I'll go out and hang out with her in the garage apartment. And you know, I'm, and so it's like, I'm losing a best friend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, not that I would ever keep them home. I'm so thankful to launch them strong. She got a full ride scholarship. She's got the world by the tail at 22 years old. It's time for right. her to leave home. But there's still a mourning period that sure. our family of four will never again be sure. that family of four. And there's that sense of urgency when children start to leave the home that, okay, what's going to be left is just me and this person I married. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't really, really good, if we don't get along really, really well, then life is going to be really empty and lonely. And to just turn up that heat on the friendship that you share with your spouse is a really important way to deal with the loss of children who are leaving the nest. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think it's it's recognizing where you are. Because I mean, I, as I'm as I'm listening to how this show is unfolding, I'm thinking, okay, how do we help a couple get there? You know, how do we get to this point? Because we can we can talk about the merits and the benefit of it. But for some of our listeners, it's going to be one of those, okay, I, yeah, that's them. <laughs> they've, got, they've got it going on. We don't. There's no way I could um, ever get there. And what comes to my mind first is you have to recognize where you are and what's going on around you to acknowledge that first, to, to see. Because I just think of, uh, I mean, not to get too personal with you, Shannon, but I'm guessing through a lot of the crisis point critical mass kind of stuff you guys are going through because you got a lot that's two major stressors all in a, a very very short time frame right and i thought i would get to enjoy the emptiness season right. for a while before having to take care of aging parents right. so this is like really thrown us for a loop to have it all at the same time so i'm, I'm gonna speculate though that it hasn't all been 
roses and butterflies and rainbows between you and Greg, that there still have been blowups and a lot of, and it's nothing personal. It's just the status of the system. Well, and like I said, you know, this whole empty nest thing is really just Shannon feeling really out of control. I can't control my father's health. I can't control my daughter's destiny, but I can't control where this picture is hanging on a wall. And to, <laughs> yeah, to just you know, okay. reeling Greg in and, you know, bring in your cordless screwdriver and know you got that hung too high. And that's what our weekend consisted of. And I got really edgy uh -huh. and several times I would have to pull away and just think, I really don't like myself right now. I can't fathom that he likes me. And, and so just acknowledging that our emotions are way off kilter mm -hmm. and that fear and anxiety and insecurities and anger and sadness is all just boiling in our spirit. Mm -hmm. And just to be honest about that. And at the end of the day, to be able to say, I'm so sorry that I was short with you all weekend I really need you to hold me, you know, just giving each other the grace mm -hmm. to be human and to be short tempered or to be edgy or whatever is absolutely vital during a time of emotional stress and turmoil. So no, those little intimate sexual encounters where it's like, Oh, I didn't think that you could do this to me. Uh, that's, you know, that's <laughs> been like 5%. Right. The other 95% has been the hard conversations of, you know, well, what are we going to do about chemo and how are we going to take care of your mom if your dad's not around and just, you know, really, you know, tension filled right. conversations, but you have to have some relief right. from the tension. Right. You can't let the tension bleed over into every square inch of your life and marriage and home and family life such that there's no relief in sight. Cause I think that just going to bed at night knowing that I could be held if I if I want to be vulnerable enough to ask for it, that I could experience pleasure if I want to be vulnerable enough to ask for it or to offer it, that is a huge comfort in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it speaks volumes to don't wait until you have these crisis seasons of your life to build just right. a naturalness to, um, is, that, is that the right word? Naturalness? <laughs> a naturality? <laughs> well... Yeah. It needs to be natural for right. you guys to hold hands or right. to lay in each other's arms or to initiate intimacy. It, I would hate to think of starting that kind of conversation and that kind of physical touch when you are in the midst of chaos Yeah, in a really challenging season. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a learning how to live your life more open with the person you love. Be, before this time frame, be, you know, if you're talking about the people that aren't in the major crisis mode, it's it's learning how to share some of your fears, and you're sharing them not to have them fixed or limited by the person that you're sharing them with. Just to sh this is just where I am right now. You know, this is just me that I'm kind of scared about what the future may hold with my business or with what our kids' path are is right now or. Or you with know, our finances right, or, or, yeah. or whatever it may be. So it's just kind of sharing it and then following that up with, I'm not going to let that fear dominate how I live my life though. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. still live my life. I'm going to do, I'm going to confront what I can and, and change what I can. And then beyond that, I'm going to continue living from the best in me. And those are the things that set the stage for sex having multiple meanings. Because then it's not then it's not just categorized into well we can only have it after we've had a really nice date and the fires already and we're both yeah, turned on the fires already lit a little bit and we're kind of going and it's just that's just a natural conclusion well yeah you can still have that but 
this is the this is making it out of multiple things. This is making it to where you could be really angry with each other, right? And have sex afterwards, and it's not makeup sex. It's just a connection. It's of just your releasing. Anger. <laughs> yes, it's just releasing the aggression, right? Or oftentimes it's been, I'm on the verge of tears, but I'm so afraid that if I start crying, I'm going to be up until four in the morning crying. I won't be able to turn it off. So is there any way that you could just hold me and we could have sex instead? And then I I might wind wind up still crying a little bit, but there is comfort there. Mm -hmm. There is comfort to knowing that I do not have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I do not have to launch this child out of the house alone. I do not have to care for this aging parent alone. I do not have to make all these life altering decisions about their lives alone, that my partner is with me, that we are a united front. And also just in watching his parents age, his dad is 80 and his mom is 86. And it's just been a reminder of, you know, we're next. We're, we're the next generation. Yeah that winds up too feeble to be intimate nearly as often as we used to be. And, um, you know, worrying more about breaking a hip than busting a move. And, you know, it's, it's just the reality of, okay, right now we're in our forties and fifties. We got to really suck the marrow out of this thing (laughs) while we still can. (laughs) I don't want to get into my golden years and think, well, why didn't we enjoy sex more often? Why did I always think, well, someday we'll have more sex. Someday we'll have more sex. So yeah, turning up the heat while you still can, but not necessarily because you're horny, but simply because sex meets such a wide variety of not just physical, but mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. Mm -hmm. And it, and it really is cement that bonds a couple together because uh, I can remember when my parents went through the season of life where my dad's parents needed to be cared for, I thought my parents were going to divorce. I mean, it was literally so stressful on them. And that was the first time that I had ever heard them talk about divorce. And they both talked to me about the possibility of their divorcing. And so it was a very scary time. And I remember m- making a mental note. I never want to let that season knock me down right. like it knocked them down. Now, they were they recovered, thankfully. But... I just want it to be a season where it draws Greg and I closer together, not pulls us further apart. Right. And I know that there are lots of our listeners who they're in their thirties, forties, fifties, that realization of, yeah, our parents are getting older and they're going to need more and more from us. And our kids are going to need more and more from us. And we're like the sandwich generation where we're dealing with a generation ahead of us and the generation behind us. It creates pressure and mm-hmm. you need something to, to relieve some of that pressure. And I mm-hmm. think that, that just intimacy and touch and, and sex and all that. It's just, it's a great way to buffer all of that tension and stress and pressure. And I look at it, this is just integrity building is what this is. That being willing to face life on life's terms, you know, being willing to confront and look at the person that you married and, and be willing to say, you know, one of us is going to go first (laughs) and, I'm willing to stay in this until that day comes. I mean, that's huge because if you think about it, it's it's an easy for a couple to reach later and and be able to look at each other and say, you know, I'm going to start protecting myself and I'm not going to stay as invested because of the pain that's gonna, that's coming down the road. And man, that you, you miss some of the the greatness of what marriage can be and greatness of what life can be by w- taking the courage to stand up and say, and it starts just like what we've alluded to already. It starts with just saying, 
hey, I, I don't like me at this moment. I don't like the way I'm handling this at this moment. So I need to confront that. I need to deal with that. I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to seek out some help or some counsel or something to help. Yeah. And Can we have a redo? Right. Do you mind just holding me for a minute and let me figure out how I wish I had said that differently and just give me a chance to start over with that conversation? Right. Yeah, because we get so reactive with each other. I mean, it's so easy to be reactive with a spouse. And, and you know, you're sitting there not knowing who you are. Imagine what your spouse is saying when they've had a path with you already. And they're like, who is this person I'm living my life with right now? I don't even like them either. And, you know, I, I had a couple just recently I was working with in counseling that when they got to that understanding, and it was such a simple thing as they were talking, and I was like, you know what? what I'm seeing right now is you guys don't like each other and they both, you're right. And I was like, well, there's nothing wrong. Acknowledge that. Right. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with that. When you acknowledge that, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're done. It just means right now you don't like each other. So what now, what do you do next? And they probably thought it was this big secret. He doesn't know that I don't like him. She doesn't know that I don't even like her right now. And they thought it it was something wrong. (laughs) Right. They thought it was wrong too. They thought there was something wrong. No, no, you you have to like your spouse. You can't. Mm. No way. There's times I wake up with Pam and like, who are you and what are you doing in my bed? (laughs) You know, (laughs) just because it's like, oh man. All right. But then you start to recognize, wait that's that's just the stage we're in right now that's just a season that's just a section you know, of a larger picture and painting so no it's it's recognize these things and that's the doorway to having multiple meanings with what we do with each other mm. yeah so because it's i mean shannon thanks for sharing some of the deeper stuff of life because that's that's tough yeah but i this is what I signed up for. You know, when, when you said the whole thing about, you know, as we both age and just the reality of we're going to each need someone to take care of us and mm-hmm. probably one before the other. And that's what I signed up for. I don't want to, I don't want to have spent the first 25 years working so hard to stay together for the kids mm-hmm. only to have us drift apart as empty nesters or, you know, in our golden years and not be there to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and I, I love knowing that Greg is not going anywhere. It doesn't matter what happens in life. It it doesn't matter. Even if I were the one with cancer right now, the comfort of knowing that Greg is not going anywhere and that he will be the one to take care of me, or I will be the one to take care of him. However, it goes down that that's, what's going to happen. It's not going to be that we let life tear us apart. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. I just think of this as kind of a, a dark thought, but I just think of, a, a huge marker of our growth and character is being able to look at our spouse and say with 100% integrity and 100% realness, you go first. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll handle it. You go first. Because, you know, we have this whole, I hope I go first because I don't want to have to deal with life without you. Okay, <laughs> But look at the flip side of that, you know, that I'm, I, you go first and I'm here the whole way through. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's huge. That, that is very huge. <laughs> that makes me misty just thinking I, about it. I could see it. But yeah. it, it's just this whole, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where the, the complexity of this gift that God has given us of sex comes into play. Our sexuality is not just an act. 
Yeah. It's it's so much more. And I remember hearing Fred Stoker, uh, he and I were speaking at a conference together, and he said that if he loses his wife, Brenda, first, that his intention is to let it totally wreck him for a season. He said, because I will know that if it completely wrecks me, I will have loved her with all that I had. That's good. He said, he said, if it doesn't totally wreck me, then I will know that I held something in reserve. Right. And that has always stuck with me for the past 10 years since I heard him say it of, yeah, it's going to wreck me when I lose Greg Etheridge, but that's because I am trying my best to love him with everything that I have. And I'm seeing his parents do that, you Mm -hmm. know, and and it's a real comfort to us to know that we don't have to go charging in and move them into our house immediately. And they're going to take care of each other as long as they physically can. And uh, so, yeah, marriage is just such a marvelous institution where it really does grow you up and it causes you, forces you to be such a servant of someone other than yourself. Yep. It's, yeah. It's, and I'm grateful for it. It's, <laughs> it's personal, personal development boot camp. Exactly. What marriage is. <laughs> About a 60 year boot camp. Yes, it is. Well, man, I, this is, this has been great. It's a completely different route than we normally take. Yeah. Uh, sorry not to titillate you guys this time, but <laughs> this is the stuff of earth. It's the stuff of life. Right. That everybody's going to have to deal with it at some point. We are all going to go through seasons of grief and mourning and loss and suffering and frustration and tension and confusion and bewilderment and all that. Right. But it doesn't mean that we have to grow apart. We right. can actually grow deeper together right. throughout the process. Because great sex is not just swinging from the chandeliers. That's right. Great sex is also slow, comfortable, comforting, yep. intimate, where maybe penal vaginal intercourse didn't even happen, but it was a sexual encounter because it was two beings bonding to each other in a deep, meaningful way. Right. It's collapsing into each other and saying, I really hate life right now. And I even hate myself right now with how I'm dealing with it. But I love you. And I love the fact that you can love me even when I don't love myself and what's happening in our world right now. Well said. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone or you want more, feel free to let us know. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And if this speaks to you, please tell your friends. Give them, the, give them the address, sexymarriageradio.com. We'd love to have them join the family. Thank you for taking the time out today. And Thanks, y'all. Bye-bye.